0: Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. We are already a third of the way through the NFL's regular season. That's right, six weeks are in the books. And week six provided its fair share of shocking results as well. With the Packers, the Ravens and the Buccaneers all sliding to surprise upset defeats. As a result, we went one and two against the line on the show. That's disappointing. We're lucky to turn that around in the coming weekend of Fixtures. Hello, welcome to the show. This is Graves on Gridiron. I am your host, Richard Graves, turning the page onto week seven in the NFL. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Yes, hello. Welcome along to the show. A disappointing week for us against the line in week six. One and two against the line. Only the New York Jets came up trumps for us against the Green Bay Packers, holding the Packers to below 24.5 points In that game. And but for a Brett Maha missed field goal later on against the Eagles, as poor as the Cowboys were, we would have covered that one as well. But it was not to be. As a result, we are playing catch-up this season, seven and twelve against the line. Week seven seems like as good a time as any to turn that all around. We have three more games picked out from this weekend slate. If you are new to the show, welcome along. The format is simple. Each weekend, we look at the slate of games on offer in the NFL. Pick three of them against the line set by the odds makers, dissect them, and then analyze which way to go. So without further ado, let's look at the week seven slate. And we start with the early kickoff in the televised games in the UK. That sees the Cleveland Browns with a two-and-four record. Travel to the Baltimore Ravens, who have a 500 3 and 3 record. They've been a little bit slow out of the gates. This season, Lamar Jackson's been playing well, but defensively, they haven't been too hot, blowing double-digit leads, big double-digit leads in at least two games. And of course, we all know what happened last week in the fourth quarter against the New York Giants. The line I'm looking at for this game is for the Cleveland Browns to cover 17.5 points. That's 17.5 points they must score to cover the line in this game. And with Deshaun Watson suspended, uh, for the foreseeable future, he'll come back later this season. Uh, Cleveland were always expected to be sluggish, certainly through the first half of the season, I think it's fair to say. Um, that's no surprise. They're two and four. Baltimore struggles, though, have been a little bit of a surprise through the first six weeks because let's face it, over the years, you associate good defense with the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson at quarterback has done his bit offensively. and For me, he's been playing at an MVP level um, through most of this season. But that defense has been surprisingly poor. They're unable to hold on to leads. As I mentioned, they've blown double-digit, big double-digit leads um, in at least two games this season. And then we saw it again last weekend against the New York Giants into the fourth quarter. They had the lead once more. They couldn't hang on to it. They end up losing to the New York Giants who moved to a 5-1 and one record. Uh, it All of this, you know, that stats don't lie, they say, don't they? And that's epitomised by what we see in the NFL's defensive stats for scoring defence this season. They're ranked a lowly 20th in the league. They're giving up 23.5 points a game. And if you're giving up you know, over 23 points, near as doesn't make any difference, 24, you're going to give the opponents hope, especially if th- their own defence is-, is generous as well. And that's certainly the case with the Cleveland Browns, who are ranked 30th. They're actually tied for the second-worst defence in the league, giving up 27.2 points per game. Um, for the neutral, this has the makings of an ent- entertaining, high-scoring matchup because defensively both teams are, have been poor. Um, unfortunately, the the Browns aren't so potent when it comes to offence. Jacoby Brissett is the man tasked with filling in for Deshaun Watson through the first um, half of the season or so. Um, they rely on running the ball and frankly, they do it better than anybody else um, in the league. But they're coming up against a unit as bad as the Ravens have been Uh, through the first third of this season. They're still ranked uh, in the top 10 in run defense. I think that's going to be crucial with Calais Campbell blocking up the the middle um, of the line of scrimmage there. Um, But all that taken into account, I go back to this total uh, match points for the Cleveland Browns. The line set at 17 and a half because Cleveland have only scored fewer than 20 points once all season. You then look at what the Baltimore Ravens have done in scoring defense. Well, they've only given up fewer than 20 points once in the last five games. And they surrendered 24 last week to the I, I loathe to be two down on the New York Giants because they have a five and one record. But offensively, they're no great shakes. And they were still able to hang 24 points on this Baltimore um, Baltimore unit defensively last week. The Ravens rightfully are favourites heading into this game. They should beat the Cleveland Browns. It's an AFC North battle. It's an important game for both, both teams. I like Baltimore to win, but I like Cleveland to score 18 points in this game. The line set at 17.5. Take the Cleveland Browns to cover that at plus 17.5 points. Game two takes us over to the West Coast. The Seattle Seahawks with a 3-3 three three record against the 4-2 Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are heavy favourites. The Buckies like them. They're five and a half point favourites heading into this game. Um, and they love playing against NFC West opposition. They've won four of their last five outings when playing against teams from the NFC West and they now face a Seattle Seahawks team with one of the worst defensive records in the NFL. You remember in the first matchup we looked at, we'd spoke about the Cleveland Browns defense being tied second worst in the league where they're tied with the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, that's right. The Seahawks are also giving up 27.2 points a game and you cannot fail to be impressed by what the charges have done because they're banged up. They've dealt with key injuries on both sides of the ball, and yet they still have this 4-2 and two record. They're right up there with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. Um, but you have to say, give credit where it's due, because as much as I like the LA Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks have actually been competitive in pretty much every game they've played uh, this season. And that's reflected in the 3-3 three three start they've had. Quarterback Geno Smith has been impressive throughout. He's been at the helm for... An offense now, which is ranked in the top ten in scoring, they score a tick over twenty-four points a game. Um, but their Achilles' heel, obviously, has been um, defense. And who would have thought of said we'd be saying that about the Seattle Seahawks, who are famed for the Legion of Boom um, and shutting down opponents? Well, those years are long gone now, and teams find it quite easy to score. Um, against them, unless, of course, you're the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, who couldn't even score a touchdown against them uh, last weekend. Look, expect the LA Chargers to take advantage um, of that side of the ball in what may well turn out to be a high-scoring, entertaining game, um, because the Chargers, they invested quite heavily in free agency on the defensive side of the ball, but they have had um, injuries there as well. And as a result, as a defensive unit, they're not quite as coherent as they are cohesive, rather, as they they would like to be. And they're still giving up um, around 21 points a game this season. Uh, That said, frankly, the Chargers are the better team in this matchup. Make no mistake about it. They're rightfully the favourites heading into this game. They've got Justin Herbert at quarterback with a strong arm. He's got weapons on the outside. Austin Eckler at running backs in good form as well. A frequent visitor to the end zone through the first six weeks of the season. I like the Chargers, and I like them to cover this spread. Take the LA Chargers at minus 5.5. Graves on Gridiron. And the final game of three in this week's edition of Graves on Gridiron takes us to Sunday Night Football, the home of the Miami Dolphins with their 3-3 three and three record. They host the Pittsburgh Steelers at 2-4, but fresh off the back of a morale-boosting win over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The total points line set for this game is bang on 45 points. The Steelers come into it, as we say, on the back of a huge lift, a narrow win built basically on a strong defensive performance against Tom Brady and the Bucks last weekend. The Dolphins are currently on a three-game losing streak. But all is not as it may first appear when you look at these records because – The Miami Dolphins flew out of the blocks with Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback. They went 3-0 through the first three weeks. Then on Thursday night football, we saw that horrific-looking head injury for uh, Tua Tungavailoa. He left the game with a concussion. He hasn't been seen in the last two games. They've lost all three of those matchups, and that is why they now find themselves at 3-3. He comes back to, to the helm. They're a different-looking team, for for my money, at least. They've got wide-receiving threats in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. We've seen when Tua has cause to use them. It can be to devastating effects. Just ask the Baltimore Ravens, who were, I think, 20 points, 21 points up on them in Week 2. Suddenly, Tua started airing it out to Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They blew apart the Ravens' defense, ended up winning it 42-38. That said... Don't overlook Pittsburgh's defense. It remains the strongest unit um, on this team, um, and it's needed to be because the post-Ben Roethlisberger era hasn't been fruitful for the Steelers. They're ranked 30th in scoring offense this season, 16.2 points a game. That isn't going to win you uh, many matchups in the NFL, Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing the, the problem being here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're heavily reliant on Najee Harris and the run game. Um I look, I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair because up with Tua at quarterback, the Miami Dolphins just win. Just look at the record from the second half of last season onwards. Tua wins games with the Miami Dolphins. They do not tend to be high-scoring games, though, it's got to be said. That 42-point haul they hung on the Baltimore Ravens is the outlier. These tend to be low-scoring affairs. The Pittsburgh defense would weigh into that equation and back it up. So I look at the line, 45 points for this game, and I say take the under. Two is back. He will manage the game well for the Miami Dolphins. He will be largely error-free, in my opinion, um, although the Steelers might have something to say about that. But Pittsburgh can't score points, and they're not going to score many points against this Miami Dolphins defense either. 45 points is the line for the game. Take the under, under 45 total points between the Steelers and the Dolphins. So those are the three games we're looking at in week seven of this weekend's NFL action. Just to recap, take the Cleveland Browns to score over 17 and points when they face the Baltimore Ravens. Then between the Seahawks and the Chargers, take the Chargers to cover the spread, minus five and a half points, Take them to cover that as five-and-a-half-point favorites. And then the final game of three takes us to South Florida for Sunday Night Football, the Steelers at the Dolphins. Don't expect fireworks on the scoreboard in this one. Take the under, under 45 total points for this game. Remember, folks, first and foremost, this is fun to have alongside the enjoyment of all your NFL action this weekend. Make sure you enjoy it. And as we say every weekend, Let's win them all. Let's get that record back up towards 500 and turn this form book on its head. It's been fun as always. I look forward to joining you again next week when we look at week eight's action. But for now, enjoy week seven in the NFL. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.